Welcome to Cooper and Company. I'm so excited you've joined us for today. I'm your host, Bree Cooper. Cooper and Company is where politics meets people and people meet politics. We talk about a lot of things that impact your daily life. Today's episode is produced by yours truly, Bree Cooper, and Cindy Lynn. Thank you so much to all our listeners out there who are taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to our podcast. Our guest is Armand Babu. He's a freelance writer of comics and also TV shows. He writes a lot of reviews. And more recently, Armand wrote an article for Collider Magazine where he compared The White Lotus to the opera Madame Butterfly. So I thought it'd be a great idea to have him on the show today and just kind of talk a little bit about that. So thank you so much, Armand. Armand, am I saying your name correctly? Yes, you are. Okay, perfect. So tell us a little bit more about you. Well, like you said, I I do freelance writing for generally anything pop culture, TV shows, comics, video games, movies, what have you. Oh, I love it. How did you get into it? Well, I just always like writing and someone sent me a job link for that kind of thing. And I worked for another company, MEA Worldwide. After I left that, I've just been basically bouncing around from freelance gig to freelance gig. And now I write mainly for Comics XF and Collider. How did you decide to come up with the compare and contrast between The White Lotus and Madam Butterfly? I'll be honest, the show did that comparison for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there is Madam Butterfly features in season two of The White Lotus. Okay. And the comparison is made pretty directly. The character, Tanya McQuaid, who is played by Coolidge, her character is going through a rough time. She suspects that her husband is cheating on her and he leaves her in the middle of their vacation. And while she is feeling pretty down in the dumps about that, another person she meets is trying to cheer her up and tells her that she is a tragic heroine much like Madame Butterfly herself, and takes her to see the opera. Just so all of our listeners know, I thought it would be a lot of fun because Armand has not seen the opera in person before, correct me if I'm wrong, of Madame Butterfly. And I, just to level the playing field, have not seen The White Lotus. I'm probably the only person ever who's not seen The White Lotus. I did see a couple of the episodes in season one. Of course, Jennifer Coolidge is amazing. We're going to play a little game today. We're going to match up the characters. I know you discussed mm-hmm. a little bit about it, but I thought it would be fun to tell our listeners a little bit about Madam Butterfly. If any of you out there haven't seen it yet, it was written by one of my favorite composers, Puccini. It is the story of several characters, but Chocho san she's a young Japanese geisha girl. She's also 15 years old. She is from a respectable family and they've come across some some financial trouble. So she accepts this arranged marriage with an American and it kind of scandalizes her name and her friends and she converts to Christianity. Um, She is abandoned by her soon-to-be husband. She gives birth to a son, raises him, and she remains faithful to her husband in spite of the fact that that he's always thought of their marriage as a fling. Then we have Pinkerton. Pinkerton is a lieutenant in the United States Navy. He is stationed briefly in Japan and seeks to enjoy a young Japanese woman as his wife. He is the antagonist of the story. We have Suzuki. She is Madame Butterfly's maid. And she's an older woman who is the only one that really sticks by her side. And we have Goro, who is the marriage broker. 
who sets up the deal, which Butterfly marries Pinkerton, and he also ends up, you know, coming out positive at the end because it's a financial, a financial thing. So let's go through a little bit of them. Chocho-san, who do you think closely resembles that character? Is it is it Jennifer Coolidge's character? It is. Tanya McQuaid is, I think, there. there's a lot of overlap between the two characters. Okay. Um, Tanya is someone who gives herself entirely to her relationships, mm. especially the marriage that she's in currently. She is fine losing her identity a little bit. And they're both huge dreamers whose lives are devastated when, they're, when their marriages break apart. There is a significant difference, of course, between Tanya and Jorsan in that Tanya is someone who is a lot older. She mm. is she has had to live with her fantasies for a long time, and she's had to live with denial a lot longer than Jorsan has. Now, since I don't know the show much, is she kind of naive? Because that's also how I see, because she was so young. But do you also think there's an overlapping of this naivete that both of them have? So I think that's where it gets interesting because Rosanne can be sort of forgiven for her naivete. It's understandable because she's so young. In Tanya's case, she is willfully naive. Anyone who tries to point out advice that she does not want to hear is someone that Tanya shuts down immediately and try and is just extremely mean to. Mm, okay. Uh, I cannot wait to get to that part. <laughs> okay, what about Pinkerton? Who was Pinkerton? He knew it from the start that he was not planning on making this a permanent thing. So what character is in alignment with Pinkerton? So the the most direct answer would be John would be John Grease's character, Greg okay. Hunt, um, who is Tanya's husband okay. on the show. Spoilers for the end of season one. Okay. All right. What about Suzuki? Season two introduces a whole new character ah, okay. who even more closely resembles, who takes on Suzuki's role. Okay, um, who's that? This is her assistant, Portia. Oh, okay. All right. And what about Goro? So he's the marriage broker. He's the... He's... So I was going to was... say, what about the, the gentleman that is like the general manager of the hotel? That now, one, I, yeah, that, that's a little tricky because, yeah, I would say in both seasons, because season two is set in a different hotel elsewhere uh, in the world. Um, okay. So I would think, yeah, in, in depending on which season you're looking at, the general manager of the hotel is the closest you get to Goro because they're someone who is just, their lives aren't necessarily consumed by this story, but they still are making, you know, the, the chaos of it is still definitely affecting them. They're, they're, a little tangential to the story, but they're still they're still uh, being driven a little stressful by the whole uh, affair. What was it that made you say, hey, this would make a really good, cool article? It's mainly that I didn't know anything about Madame Butterfly. And it's Tanya McQuaid, when she is watching it, it is clear that the that the play, that the opera affects her really powerfully. And and so I was like, I think I need to know more about this, about the, the opera. And yeah. I looked it up and there was a lot of overlap, the, a lot between, you know, Tanya's character, as you know, you'll see in the article and the opera and Cho san herself. And I thought more people would like to read about that. So that's when I made the pitch for the article. It was approved and I wrote it. I love the article. I loved it so much. I had to find you and I found you. <laughs> and you were nice well, enough grateful. to <laughs> and you were nice enough to actually respond. For those of you who have not read the article that we're talking about, it's on Collider. I can I can actually share it with our audiences in the show notes. 
is we think about a Venn diagram where you have things that are alike, which we've discussed a, a lot about. What are some things that are different? We talked about Chocho-san and Jennifer Coolidge's character. And what about Pinkerton? We've talked about the things that are alike about him, but what are the things that might be different for, for matching those two up? One thing is that I do want to mention about Pinkerton is that, and I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't actually watched the opera on that PBS, PBS link in preparation for this, is that the, the opera opens with this whole song about Pinkerton joyfully talking, singing without a trace of irony about how to be American is wanting to explore everywhere, to, to take a flower from every shore mm-hmm. and just, you know, just, just see the world as basically his for the taking. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is at the core of the White Lotus. It is pretty much every character there going to other parts of the world and basically seeing it as theirs. Hmm. But I'd say the difference difference between Greg Hunt and Pinkerton is that there are points where it seems like Greg sort of really cares for for Tanya. Hmm. Um, He's just frustrated in the marriage. Um, It it turns out that he's planning something else really different. And I don't want to spoil season two too much for you. Okay. Um, because he is not as invested as he is in the beginning and he is not as passionate about life as Pinkerton is mm. Pinkerton's, Pinkerton's deepest flaw is that he is passionate and short-sighted that's a really neat comparison to the to the description to the character to both of them actually and how we can apply that to many characters that we see these days Please tell everyone where they can find your information, where they can get in touch with you, and anything else you'd like to share. Well, everything you need to know about to keep track of what I'm doing can be found on my Twitter. So I'm at Arman Babu, that's A-R-M-A-A-N-B-A-B-U, which also has linked to my Kofi, where I am also sharing short stories and stuff that I write. Great. And you tell me you're also a comic reviewer, right? Yes. Review comics. That's pretty neat. I I used to love comics growing up. I kind of got away from it, but I used to love comics. And I guess nowadays they call them graphic novels for the older kids. So you have like specialized graphic novels, which are just, um, you've got like the the monthly short 20 page comics, and then you've got like the bigger prestige graphic novels, um, which are closer to done in one stories that are easier to get into because they're, they're, they're usually like a full story you can read in and get out. For those of you who are listening to us today on today's podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Armand, for joining us. I really appreciate um, playing this little game and your feedback and your your perspective of the TV show The White Lotus and Madam Butterfly. So thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All and, right. Um, uh-huh. uh, I just wanted to say before I go, I've never seen an opera before, and I was and watching Madame Butterfly in, in preparation for this. It was it was a lot of fun. So thank you for that. It's a well. lot of fun, yeah, yeah. And there's some other ones out there that you should take a look at that are really. I mean, when people talk about opera, sometimes it feels like a little like just beyond. It's in a different language sometimes, but there's some really great, fun operas, and even some musical pieces, musical theater pieces that people think are specifically musical theater, but really it was termed under opera like we have Porgy and Bess that's another good one Madam Butterfly Pagliacci that's a great one and The Marriage of Figaro that that would be a great one to watch next thanks so much I'm so glad you enjoyed it thank you all right 
talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.